At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Being the world police is, is not a lucrative strategy. It's very cost-heavy. Mm. And ultimately, you know, the thing about a military-industrial complex is, is that it needs a fight. Yeah, but that I think the United Nations should be just as heavy involved. Like, if you're going to send troops in, you should be sending a proportionate amount of delegates, right? Like, diplomacy as well. It shouldn't be all all the hammer and not the velvet, you know? Right, exactly. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. Because the world. that is how it works. works. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. The problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. conscience. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 of people, just 10 people. What your, rights are. what your rights are. And each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people. And another 10. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally. And you can change the entire population of the world. 8 billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. forever. We've got to be that something that Arnold Tornby, the historian, refers to as a creative minority. minority. You're wrong. Then others will show then up. Others will also, show what up. about no children dying? That's kind of nice. kind of nice. Liberation. It's an internal. It's an internal. Of speaking the of truth. speaking the truth. But their children were saved, and their children's children. children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Adam, guess what? Yes. We're recording. Ryan. Ryan, guess what? (laughs) What? We are in effect. We're in effect. (laughs) So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? After you change change it? it? Welcome. Welcome. Hey Jeffrey, how you doing? Yo, what's up? What's up? I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you right away that we are we moved our live stream to YouTube and it has like a little comment section in it and everything. So we're gonna try and put our live streams in playlists on YouTube at Public Access America so people can find our our live streams because we talk so much and sometimes this stuff gets edited down, you know? Right, right, right. And so it's cool. And so welcome to YouTube. I was just explaining to people because it's our first YouTube live stream that uh, I, I consider myself like a progressive independent. I I like to think about policies and, you know, I have the stupid like stupid ideas that usually cost a fortune. <laughs> you know? And then I, I thought I would let you describe yourself because I didn't want to have any of my preconceived notions tossed on you, you know? Right. So how are you doing? Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and then we can just get talking. 
Well, what's up? I'm Jeffrey. Uh, long story short about me, born and raised Montanan. Uh, grew up in a very conservative part of the world. Uh, bounced around between some big cities uh, after college. Uh, got my master's in 2017. Uh, business intelligence, risk management, data analysis. And I would consider myself like a true middle of the road libertarian. Like I'm not, I don't consider myself on the right. I don't consider myself on the left. I consider myself a you do you, let people do people and keep the government out of it as much as possible. That's really about it. Like, you know, whatever, you know, there are a lot of things that I truly believe in. Like there's a reason why there seem to be a lot of progressives and libertarians that have been siding with each other lately. Mm -hmm. The it's that there's a lot of common end goals. We just disagree on the method. And, it. and that's, and that's really where it is. This is that <clears throat> it, we don't see it as, you know, this, Oh God, we can't agree with something the left said, or, Oh God, we can't agree with something the right said. It's like, yeah, we can, we can look at it and go, yeah, that's, that sounds good. Or that sounds good. And then look at the method and go, mm, that don't look good. Right. And I was just um, saying one of my, one of my favorite podcast titles was you don't wait. I had it. <laughs> you don't, you, you, you create what the party is. The party shouldn't create what you are. And I, I totally agree with that. If I, I like some democratic ideas because they're the ones pitching ideas. Like I said, Donald Trump was going to be about policy. I was like, if he puts forth a policy, I will look into it and decide whether I like it or not. I don't care about the man. I care about what he's enacting. You know what I mean? So Right, right. And I can pick and choose that way. I don't understand being like, I have to be against that because – I'm a Republican. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? It's well, and then that's where you get into this whole spectrum of identity politics, mm -hmm. you know, anywhere from, you know, the evangelical Christian right to the, you know, you can only believe what a person of a certain intersectional group says right. left. Right. And, and the reality is, is that both of those are dangerous because both sides can have terrible fucking ideas. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, they're, they're repeating their agenda over and <clears throat> over in a 24-hour news cycle, and so they have right. to have an agenda to repeat, and by right. nature, that's that's dangerous, yeah. And, and, and really, you know, you can't give credence to one one person more than another simply because of of their their birth status or their experiences or anything like that. I mean, you have to take in the whole and look at how do you move the needle in a way that's right. actually meaningful exactly. and uh, because otherwise what you end up doing is you end up moving the needle for one group and another group ends up pushing back and yeah. unless you figure out a better way to move the needle for everybody you're going to see this constant pendulum swinging back and forth left and yeah. right and, and, and you never get anything done what <clears throat> i have a problem with is the elect elect election process because what i think it is is it's it's one side just saying, be scared of them, give us your money so we can fight them, and the other side doing pretty much the same thing. And what it, all it is is we're, we end up paying for a bunch of people's lifestyles that might not – we should be paying for our own lifestyle, and they should just be running. You know, It shouldn't cost billions of dollars to elect a president. If you're a good person, <laughs> you should get elected, you know? <laughs> Well, and ultimately, you know, when it comes to the whole election process, 
I don't think that we should be funding politicians. I don't yeah. uh, from individuals to corporations. I don't nope. think I don't think that that's a wise expenditure of money in the ter- in terms of the fact that you have a bunch of people that are, you know, going to feel like, you know, hey, you know, from an individual status, you're going to feel like, hey, I donated money to X campaign. So this person mm-hmm. is required to give me their attention. And that's not how it works no. because because it's always going to go by the amount of money uh, a candidate raises. So while you may have, you know, sp- you know, put out $50 of your hard earned money on a candidate that you have absolutely love. The reality is, is that somebody put out 5,000, 10,000, a hundred thousand, half a million, a million sure. uh, of their own money in order to get that candidate's attention. And as much as I would love to say that your $50 really mattered, it doesn't, Mm-mm. but I also don't think that corporations should be spending that money on, on politics, on, on, on politicians either, Agreed. you know, <clears throat> because the reality is, is that yes, uh, you know, corporations are going to spend that money because they're going to try and get policies in place that are beneficial to them. Right. But the reality is, is, is that, you know, those politicians are, you know, beholden to so many donors and then they decide to act like they're not. And really my problem lies with the whole fact that, you know, there's this conception that, Oh no, you know, our elections are free and fair because of X, Y, and Z and our politicians mm-hmm. work for us. And those realistically i think that you know if we wanted to make this look accurate i think politicians should wear jackets like they do in nascar that shows us who all their sponsors are and i can go yeah "Yeah, i like that company i like that company i don't like that company that might sway my decision on them yeah and and you know realistically we should have you know a very very clear picture of who's sponsoring our politicians and if you think your politician isn't sponsored by somebody i hate to break it to you Mm are yeah check out the fcc you can just find donations for everybody you know what i mean and if you and if you think that you know paula no matter what politician that you have that you support if you think that they aren't trying to do at least some of their bidding Mm -hmm. you're incorrect again that's a great way to say it it's an analogy if you want somebody's attention to get something done you have to give them the larger amount than somebody else had given them for their loyalty so the man that gives 50 bucks has the loyalty until the man with 500 gets it right right and right that's how it basically works and on that nascar jacket thing i believe that if we approve of those of those things if you know then we should get a kickback of that as his constituents you know so if well, the, the kickback guy... should be the kickback should be that I don't have to pay as much taxes right in order to get this this stuff done right. like like to me it's one of those things like you know my tax money is already funding all of these different programs all of these different subsidies yeah and all and of these different like politicians the, you don't like that though by the way no, no I don't because it's to me it's an inefficient expenditure of money yeah I agree I do, I've come around to your conclusion of that because. I realize that a lot of the things that I want the government to do, uh, pr- private entities could probably do more efficiently. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and the reality is is that you know while I would like, you know, some type of force moving the needle, mm-hmm. the to me the reality of taking money from one group of people 
putting it into the federal government who then takes their cut of the money right. before passing it on to whatever the needle is that you want moved is inefficient because you could literally just say, if you want your tax break or your subsidy, this is what you have to invest in. And yeah. companies will do that on their own. And they'll compete. And in the in the competition, that's where capitalism is. That's how we get the most efficient and cheapest product is because four companies go at the product in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so to me, you know, all money that ends up, you know, all, pretty much most money that ends up passing through the federal government is waste to me. Right. There are there are projects that the feds do undertake that are necessary. For example, mm. roads. Like, roads are a great thing. Airports, yeah. Because those are federally controlled, you are going to have to put money into that in some way, shape, or form. I, I do. I think that it's possible that private entities could do it better, maybe, but it's not really something that they're doing right now. So, right, right. Um, and, yeah. and but at the same time, too, when I look at what the feds are doing when it comes to infrastructure with roads, which is jack shit, because well, it kind of makes so the, much on everything else. It kind of it kind of makes the point that you know, if I'm supposed to be paying taxes for better roads, but I've got, you know, God knows how many bridges that are falling apart in the state of Washington alone, sure, and how many miles of roads that are just deteriorating, what does that tell you? That tells me that Amazon and UPS and FedEx aren't paying their fair share to put into the infrastructure. They're the ones causing the most damage to our roads but yet they're not paying anything in taxes, you know? And, and that's, I think, I think that's definitely part of the issue is, is that if you're going to tax these entities and then say that it's going to be used for roads and schools, mm-hmm. but my roads are deteriorating, my schools <laughs> right. are understaffed and undersupplied. Yeah. And uh, then, then what are you really doing with my money? Because if I'm paying the amount of taxes that I am, with the expectation that I'm going to get a certain service quality, like right. in, in the business world, if I'm paying the kind of money that I am and I'm getting a low quality, I'm going to go somewhere else. Right. But you can't cause it's the government. Exactly. And that's why and the competition. Exactly. And so, you know, the libertarian in me, like when Domino's decided to do the whole, uh, uh, pizza, pizza for potholes, you know, where they're fixing roads. Oh yeah. 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 Part of me was like, Oh, that's really awesome. And then I was like, wait, hold up. Isn't the yeah. government supposed to be doing that? Why well, why yeah. are we why are we paying the feds to supposedly, you know, fix our roads? Or why right. are we paying the state to fix our roads? And then yeah. Domino's is having to go out and do it. That but doesn't make any sense. Because Domino's doesn't pay taxes if they give charitable stuff away. So but that's that's my problem with Every charitable organization from Bill Gates to Domino's is that you're not paying taxes so we can determine how the money is spent. You're choosing the charity that you want to invest in. And that's instead of paying the taxes, pay the taxes and let the government decide what federal programs that should be invested that's, but in. But that's what we're doing right now. And But they're not paying any taxes. And they're just saying, okay, we're going to fill potholes here. But maybe the government is like, no, pay the taxes, and we want to fill the potholes that are bad. You know, we'll decide which potholes to fill. And that's, but that's just it, though. And then you have to look at what the federal government's going to do. 
what's mm-hmm. the difference you know where is the federal government going to spend their money fixing potholes outside of amazon hq yeah. or you know in your minority neighborhood yeah, exactly. where the roads are literally crumbling apart exactly. i can guarantee you i know exactly where that money's going to go and nobody likes to answer that question and the and the truth is is this stuff doesn't get done because that company that doesn't pay taxes decides to use the money they didn't pay in taxes to lobby the congressman that is going to say no we don't need that that money and that's so that's the problem just pay the taxes (laughs) and thus my and thus my problem with the way things are going to me i would love to see a company become a 501c3 company and their entire job is fixing roads and guess what amazon you want your tax write-off donate to this company that's literally out fixing roads i like that that would take the money out of the government exactly That's, that's cool that's called regulation right Exactly. I mean, the the 501c3 company still has to fix the roads up to whatever the national standard is. Right. But right. now, and but now instead of the government getting the money, taking their administrative cut to pay all of the people who are going to try to award or contract mm-hmm. or whatever, but instead now it's like the feds get some taxes to make sure that the roads and the bridges that get built are up to the federal standard. But the company gets the money directly in order to fix roads. I guarantee you it would probably be a lot better than what we're doing now because what we're doing now ain't working. What would be cool about that is like then um, American in Chicago can fill his truck with asphalt, right, and go around and be a 5013 and get government, you know, help to patch roads in his area. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to just be like Domino's creating a 5013C. Like John could create a 503C, get a dump truck and fucking To me like to me like you know and and that's what what some people don't realize is like you know when it comes to like corporations mm-hmm. okay business person here. So when I say 501C3, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, well that's just a charitable foundation. They can't make any money." That's not true. 501c3 companies can make money. That is, that's something they can do. They just, they just can't do like stock sales and, and they have to show a certain amount of reinvestment into their communities, which guess what? If you're out there fixing our fucking roads and our bridges, I'm going to call that a pretty successful reinvestment into our community, especially Mm -hmm. if what you do ends up creating more access for people that are in places that are already hard to get to whether it's rural americans whether it's you know parts of cities that are you know considered you know minority you know yep 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 all hell holes or mm-hmm. i mean it's they're not hell holes it's you know this is what happens by design when you reg, uh, relegate a group of people to a specific area and then you're just like avoid investing around that area well that's the problem you draw the taxes out of that area and the middle class areas to create expansion for the the, mm-hmm. the more prevalent areas yeah that is the exact problem we the, the communities aren't allowed to reinvest in their communities because there's a overall arching hierarchy that says we're going to invest in expansion so imagine if you were to tell Amazon, all right, you want to you want a tax break? Great. Take your billion dollars that you try to invest, mm-hmm. put it in a 501c3 that ends up fixing roads or bridges or whatever. And let and those companies will get whatever benefits that they're going to get from fixing the infrastructure in various places. Yeah. You, you imagine, you know, 
one of the things that most people don't think about is the fact that a lot of water systems in this country you know are pretty old and outdated and oh, as some yeah. we've come to find out some still run lead pipe into the house new york has spots where they used logs they hollowed out logs yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i've i have personally dug up sewer systems that were made from clay yep me too so the idea that the idea that somehow we're living in this you know completely modernist you know infrastructure system is is insanely ridiculous because mm -hmm. you've got people that are literally like i i've i've dug up septic tanks that were literally just a some metal bin that was cut out and just shoved into the ground yeah and we we all know about flint right so right exactly <laughs> and and so when you look at what the government is, should be doing and what it is doing you yeah. see my fundamental problem with money going into the government yeah it, they're not doing the job that they're supposedly being paid to do yet you know when we're out here suffering and wondering whether or not we're going to get our next paycheck or whether or not your your social security benefits are actually going to be available to you next month mm -hmm. they they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from and a lot of times they're they've been there for so long that they have no grounding in reality anymore right like i saw the washington post you know put an article in about how you know biden's fourteen hundred dollar stimulus is essentially going to end poverty and i'm like <laughs> what Wait, are the, you, the, you on the two thousand dollar check, right? <clears throat> yeah, totally. That um, uh, oh. the one that they uh, you know, taped to the bombs that they then shot into Syria. Yeah, those right. ones. And and if you have four kids, by the way, this will overall this will help you. You'll get about twenty four thousand dollars. But I want to say that everybody's mad at Joe Manchin because he was what he did, what he did for people that were getting unemployment and I don't know if people realized that that was a problem that people were getting their tax bills and the people on unemployment that made $10,000 were getting taxed and they owed 4,000 over $4,000. Mm -hmm. I've seen that over time and again, people that were on unemployment got screwed on the taxes and that's mm -hmm. what he was standing up for saying that if it's over, you know, you can't get taxed up to 1250 I think it was, he got. So a person making $10,000 would not get taxed like that. And that is smart to me, you know? And I, when mm -hmm. I heard that, I was so, like, people were complaining that he that he stood there for nine hours and wouldn't, wouldn't budge. And I was like, I've seen those TikToks where people are suffering those, those tax bills. So thank you, Joe, Joe Manchin. You know? and, and 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 of course, you know, I'm seeing this. You know, you're you're watching this fight play out on the left side about, you know, how he's a danger to, you know, the the, the left's agenda and this that and the other. And I'm like, you know, sometimes there's some common sense things that are a little bit more centrist, and yeah, you, you, just because you think that he's endangering the passage of the bill, doesn't mean that you know what he's asking for is completely cuckoo right and if the republicans aren't going to play the republicans at least the version of republican we have to work with is joe manchin mm -hmm. and that's you know and and to me the whole thing regarding this this giant stimulus package is so funny to me because you know the Republicans had no problem passing a $2.2 trillion package. Right. They had no problems passing the, the second round of stimulus bill. Right. 
and now suddenly they're wanting to, you know, try and pull the financial conservative card mm-hmm. when people are hurting even more than they were originally. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter though. Like what I've realized is the Republicans until they offer a policy, I don't need to even pay attention to them. Like what I'm considering the right right now is Joe Biden, Joe Manchin, um Kirsten Cinema. That's yep. what I'm considering the right that we have to work with because honestly the Republicans are little toddlers in the room shaking their rattle and crying because they're not getting enough water. You know, so let's worry about our right and just dismiss them until they come up with policy, until they say something useful, you know? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, you know, and they're not, they, they're they only they're only pretending to be conservative, and, and really, they're, they're conservative is, you know, what I would call a moral conservative, and it's not even a good moral conservative yeah. at that. Yeah. You know, the it's it's not financial conservative it's not small government it's not less deficit spending it's not mm-hmm. any of the things that you know supposedly made the conservatives conservative yeah it's a I post mean, policy party exactly and and so until a conservative comes up to it comes up with something that actually you know lessens the deficit or balances yeah. the budget what, uh, any, or any, uh, <clears throat> any policy jeffrey i will look into any policy that they have to offer you know mm-hmm. because right now they're, they're not doing it they're and not. and the the that's the crazy part is is that somehow when it comes to our deficit spending the democrats had been better at i know deficit spending when they're usually the worst at it yeah so like this you know like but, i like I've talked about many times, I honestly think that we need, as a government, to have the Warren Buffett standard, which is anytime your spending is, you know, anytime your budget is off by more than 3%, Congress doesn't get to go home. They don't get paid yeah. until they fix the budget. And I honestly do believe that at the rate we're going, we're going to see austerity measures in this country at some point. Hmm. But you said it, and I don't want to get too far from the point, and it was about the clearest thing, the way to describe it, is that Republicans give money to corporations and Democrats give money to people, and it's exactly because of how they fundraise. Republicans mm-hmm. get money from corporations, and Democrats generally get money from individuals. But now corporations are saying, we don't want to side with insurrectionists, so we're not going to give you money. So now – Republicans are turning to small dollar donations, which is all going through Donald Trump because 74 million people voted for him and are donating to his PAC instead of to Kevin McCarthy or, you know, these right. Louis Gohmerts. And so now these people, that's what they have to do. And that's why we are where we are. So I don't want to pay attention to them. I like the way I like the way things are going this way. You know what I mean? We're working on something. Right. And and. You know, I I really think that the spending that corporations do has to be reined in because of course you think about how many people, how many companies have said, well, we can't pay fifteen dollars an hour because oh, right. X, Y, and Z, and then you watch them go out and spend, you know, a few million dollars on on a candidate, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, I think your problem is 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 that you're too busy trying to change the law 
or or get legislation in your favor than you are to care you are caring about your employees yeah i mean it shows it was you know it was like papa john's like five years ago or something like that how or no it was right when obamacare the aca was rolling out Mm. and they were talking about how they weren't going to be able to have as many employees because, you know, this is essentially going to bankrupt the company. And then they were like, we're giving away 10 million free pizzas. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. I totally believe you. No, I don't. I mean, no, um, the reason Amazon is so profitable is because it doesn't have to follow regulations it gets to lobby instead of paving our roads, and it doesn't have to pay a fair wage and support unions. You know, that's why, because corporations growing up until the 80s or 70s had this opportunity of competition where the government, like, stayed out of it. But suddenly it was like a corporation came up and said, hey, can you get involved here? I'll give you 20 grand. And the guy was like, cool, and made a law. And it kept going that way. It was like this run for politicians. And every corporation said, I don't have to work as hard as I can just get the table tilted my way. And so they, what they did was started enacting policies that hurt workers and benefited them. And so they created these wild profits, but that's because they're not reinvesting in the things that they think they should be reinvesting in, not stock buybacks, union wages, and like healthcare. That's what other people used to pay that we don't, that corporations don't do anymore. Well, and one of the weird things that you've seen is this crazy focus on quick short term growth versus long-term sustainability yeah you know because the idea is is that if you can corner enough for the market right away then you will create long-term stability the problem with that is is that amazon's long-term growth focuses on a significant uh supply from china Mm. yeah i guarantee you that if whatever if anything were to happen with our relationship with china Amazon's value would plummet faster than you could ever imagine. But they still have all their other outlets, you know what I mean? Well, they would have to they would have to create different supply lines in order to make that happen. They've got mm-hmm. the money to do it, and if they're wise, they're hedging that bet. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. China isn't exactly playing friend to us right now. Right, but Mexico is, and we've talked about shorting shortening our supply lines for Absolutely. better independence. So investing in our neighbors you know yeah yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of a crazy idea when you think about it i mean it's really not but you know if you if you have a problem with people coming across the border to find work here Mm -hmm. and you have a problem with communists you could take the buildings you know the stuff that you're building in china create good work in Mexico, and, and where live, people would want to, yeah. li- where people would want to potentially stay, but reinvest yeah. in our neighbors, eliminate and, that supply chain cost of transportation and shipping, and put invest that into the slightly higher wages and regulations that you're going to have to pay in Mexico. Exactly, and 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 at some point, you know, the relationship with China is going to sour. Of course. Well, that it's built to, right? Isn't it? <laughs> You know, it, it's it's funny because like you're you're starting to see a push on uh, whether or not what's happening to the Uyghurs is genocide, and overwhelmingly people are saying, "Yeah, it is." It's something that's for sure. And 
and it's starting to really get people's attention you know mm-hmm. do you can do you continue to allow products to be bought from a country that is being genocidal right i mean i hate to say it we've got our own problems here too you know we have it's, to stand for something though there's a certain level of humanity that we we need to support and defend you, you you've watched as hong kong has been mm-hmm. you know pretty much stripped of <clears throat> what was promised right you're watching, you know, this weaker detention yeah. and systematic <laughs> in torture. <laughs> Taiwan, yeah. you know. You know, ch- yeah, China is, is threatening Taiwan. Taiwan, of course, is, you know, it's nice to see that we're reaffirming that, you know, Taiwan is our ally, but, yeah. you know, even still, that's we a. Sh- yeah, we shouldn't have to. China shouldn't have gotten that far. We, but what, that's, but that's, that is that is the genuine problem with communist governments though yeah they they say they're going to do something until they decide it's ours and then they're going to take it oh yeah and it's like a to me it's like a global election it should be like which which what do you want country new zealand do you want socialism capitalism do you want communism would you like some fascism you know and then the country basically says we want this and they go with that that to me is how it should be it shouldn't be like communists coming in and saying hey now you're communist and people like what i don't like that so that's what i defend the free choice of the people to make the decision on what they want and that's and and therein lies the next rub is is that i'm inherently distrustful of most governments of course some some governments more than others i don't trust communist governments period you need a philosophy though you need a base philosophy i think my base philosophy is is that you know when it comes to the government the more power a government has, the more they're willing to wield it against its people. Okay. And until and until the government real, you know, gets its scare that you know they are working for us, not mm-hmm. for themselves or for corporations. That's why a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, January sixth, this is fantastic. We're showing the government." No, you weren't. No, you weren't. You were you. You literally stormed the Capitol to try and ensure that one person remained in power. That is literally the antithesis of 1776. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of told, you know, King George to go fuck himself for a reason. And you're sitting there, you know, waving these flags and trying to keep a person in power. Um they're figuring it out though that's the that's the cool thing no they're they're, they might be figuring it out when they're asked to sit in a jail cell well that's the point is the king george you know the king george they sided with is like who are they i don't know them but keep giving me your money while you're in jail and i think they're just they're realizing it that like Mm. the fun's over and i knew that after donald trump there would be this withdrawal period where people were like no little babies about it but they're gonna come around you know (laughs) but the biggest the biggest thing though is is that people the people have to keep his name out of their mouth the media is uh, i mean they're constantly constantly talking about him Mm -hmm. and as I've told several people, I'm like, keep saying his name. Keep, it's like keep it. him in the forefront. It's keep... it. He's it, right? The more you <clears throat> give it credence, the bigger it becomes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so if you keep this up, I guarantee you that come 2024, you will see him run again. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats better make sure that they've <clears> – <throat> 
put like they need to start now if Biden is not running again, which yikes. Yikes. Um, if Biden is not running again, then they need to be figuring out who's going to be next to yeah. run. Is it going to be Kamala Harris? Is it going to be a Pete Buttigieg? Is and it wanna, going to be a Stacey Abrams? You I know, wanna, I want to say that like them focus, the media focusing on the Republicans so much actually gives Democrats cover to do less than they expect, like than we expect, because it makes less news. Because Trump mm-hmm. is making news instead of the Democrats taking a hundred dollars away from your unemployment you know what I mean? right and and on top of that it's like when you look at what the democrats are doing it's like this is and this is where i have a severe problem with the media i didn't like it when trump bombed syria that was a bad decision oh, yeah let's talk about that i didn't like it when trump bombed syria because there was no goal to this right there was it was uh, it was a barrage of tomahawk missiles mm-hmm. gave ourselves a pat on the back that we you know put a couple of holes in an airfield right. but we gave the russians a bunch of warning to let the syrians know that we were going to bomb their airfield now flash forward four years and guess what we did we bombed syria and the media has been like this is the right thing to do and blah and i'm like it was the least so, response. He picked the smallest response possible. And and the focus on, well, he, he, you know, Biden changed his directions on what should be struck because he didn't want to kill women and children. I'm like. So. Yeah. The same thought pattern and power that was being exercised by the previous guy was terrible. Mm-hmm. And this side, is, it's OK. Like right. your problem is with is is only with party, not with what the actual object is. Yeah, we shouldn't be bombing Syria. Period. Like, hmm. I don't like Syria is is a lost opportunity that we had ten years ago. We had an opportunity to work with the Russians in order to remove Assad mm-hmm. and get a different government in, and because we said no, we want this done our way. That opportunity left. Here's our red and, line. Yeah. And since then, we've been like doing the hokey pokey with Syria where we're in, we're out, we're in, we're out, we're yeah, dancing around right. and, and and we throw a couple of bombs in there and mm-hmm. piss off everybody. So like, we're, we're aiming for Iran, by the way. <laughs> which, let's be realistic my, here. My I think Israel's with, been on deal with that here soon. My problem with it is – you should have a policy in place so when you get bombed, you retaliate immediately at that at that point. Like that's how it works. That's how defense works, you know. But not like eh, twenty eight days later, you know, we considered something and we decided to do it. What you don't do that? Like you couldn't do that to a child, right? Like if they if they cried one day, you would go twenty eight days later and then spank them for it. They wouldn't get it, right? Right. That, that's what I don't like. Like. Tit for tat is fine with me, and I actually I don't like the waste of our military complex, but I really do love the fact that they're fighting the fight over there and monitoring over there. So I don't, so I'm safe here. I just don't like the waste in the military complex. You know what I mean? And that's and that's the greatest problem of all is the waste. Is, yeah, totally. You know, because what what is going to happen with what is going to happen with these strikes? Mm-hmm. You know. The, our biggest problem has been our short-term memory in that it's like, oh, we did a thing and, you know, magically we've made it all better 
only for the next generation to remember what we did to them slash their parents yeah. and be pissed at us. Right. So, you know, you know, ISIS was the direct result of our actions in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Not just the not just the most recent Gulf War, but the first one as well. Yeah. No, I believe that. The Taliban and um, Al-Qaeda and then ISIS, they're just – they're different. They're generational, right? And, you know, you had the Mujahideen who fought the Soviets, and now you've got the Taliban yeah. who fight us. And the reality of it is, is is that the more you keep bombing some of these places – like, let's let's be realistic about what what this looks like. Our relationship with Vietnam is a lot better. Mm -hmm. For 20 years, we spent a lot of time bombing the hell out of their country. Yeah, I agree. And that did not work. And so here we are. Afghanistan is our own Vietnam. Not as many deaths, surprisingly. Yeah. But this, this war in Afghanistan is one year away from being legally eligible to drink. <laughs> no, yeah. That's that's insane. That is that is the definition of insanity in that what we have done has not worked. There were no clear goals. We did not even look at changing how the goals work. We went in, we made a mess, we've made some half-hearted attempts to to pull out only to not. <clears throat> and there we are, we're still there. Well, you know, the first Gulf War um Saddam Hussein, he's the landlocked country and he wanted access to the Gulf. And so all he was doing was literally straddling the line between Iran and Kuwait, trying to get a path so that he could sell his oil. Like, you know what I mean? And I know, I know there was a lot of other complicating factors in there. And some of it was like attacking Iran just to get them to attack Kuwait. So Kuwait would attack Iran, which was stupid. But his goal was literally to get, access to a port and i don't know if i can blame him as much for that and then the u.s decided to side well, the with... biggest the biggest problem with what iran did was it wasn't that like iran had the ability to sell its oil the biggest problem that no, iraq, was happening though. the biggest problem or iraq uh, the yeah. biggest problem that iraq had was that they thought that the kuwait government was drilling under under and across borders to oh. get iraqi oil okay which was not the case. Right. And so, you know, they had just lost their asses to Iran and were broke as a joke. And right. Kuwait's got a good oil supply. So, you know, here we go. Boogaloo 2. Boogaloo 2, right. But, yeah. You know, and, and that didn't work out. Um, but, so, originally... but we had a very clear objective in the first Gulf War, which was to get Saddam out of Kuwait. But the the thing was, I just wanted to finish that thought, was that, like, Iraq bombed Iran in, to get access, and then Iran bombed um, a vessel that was, that was Iraqi, and so America decided, wait, bombed a Kuwaiti? Something like that. Iran bombed the wrong people, and then the, America said, no, we have to protect our oil, and, but it was never our fight. You know what I mean? It wasn't ever our fight, and we just jumped into it and decided to put our flags on vessels so they could get through the Gulf because Iran was attacking Iraq instead of 
I don't know. You know, like a Japanese vessel or whoever was like getting oil from Iraq. Iran was bombing them so that they could stop Iraq from having money to support the war against Iran, which I is something we would do. You know? I would say that the first Iraq war was the last time that we were ever really asked to come in and help. Because yeah. that was a that was you know a multi Arab coalition that we led, mm -hmm. and since then we just kind of did our own thing, and, and yeah, that's right. That's and that's a terrible way to fight a war. Is like you know when you look at our most successful campaigns, <clears throat> our most successful campaigns were us being asked to come in and help, mm -hmm. and with a broad coalition of support and sometimes we had some strange bedfellows in yes. that in that fight like world war ii like us and the soviets fighting on the same side Woo. under yeah. any other situation that would have never happened but right. hitler's regime was a fucking problem yeah so you know you look at you look at some of these other you know you look at some of these other wars Korea was a rough one. Um, yeah. Vietnam, well, that went poorly. But the the first Gulf War was the last one where we really had a, a true coalition mm -hmm. that was united to deal with Iraq. Right. I'm and just it saying, had a very clear goal, they, unlike they, some Iraq, of these other wars. Iraq was an enemy that didn't need to be a full-blown enemy. I mean, they could have used – I think they should have used a little more diplomacy to try and find out what the problems were and how to address that. But it was like – I don't. yeah, I get it. There, it, it was a confrontation that, that they didn't de-escalate. They just protected, and they could have – they should have done both maybe, and they – but that's a long time ago, and I'm not second guessing, you know, like what I know from, what what I know from history, because there's a lot, there's always other details to oh, there's to a it that I don't understand, you know. But the point is, is is that you know, 20 years later, you shouldn't be fighting the same war. Agreed. But now you want mining rights, and you want to prevent China from and Russia from having inroads into the area, so you need a force there. But I think you should leave it up to NATO to. Put those forces, and I think you should offer support to NATO. You know what I mean? Because, like you that's said, that's the problem. The that's the problem, though. You know, we're NATO for the most part. Yeah, but they they've invested more, and I honestly think that there is mm -hmm. there there's um yeah there's countries dying. Australia, New you know New Zealand, Germany, France. They all have England. They all have support forces. You know, it's Absolutely. just we want to double the forces so that we can be in control of that situation and and, and okay. to me that's a terrible strategy because being the world police is is not a lucrative strategy it's very cost heavy mm. and ultimately you know the thing about a military industrial complex is, is that it needs a fight yeah but that i think the united nations should be just as heavy involved like if you're going to send troops in you should be sending a proportionate amount of delegates right like diplomacy as well that shouldn't be all 
all the hammer and not the velvet, you know? Right, exactly. And and and, and that's a whole nother conversation yeah. in and of itself. Well, I love diplomacy. I love finding it out because we all have common ground. You can go to Budapest and say, hey, so what do you need? Well, I can't do that, but I know a guy that can. You know what yeah. I mean? And it goes from there. It doesn't have to be, wait, why, why are you killing each other, you know? You know, and that's, I, I mean, that's the biggest problem right now is, is that diplomacy is, diplomacy takes too long, whereas bombs work now. I don't know. I mean, I like the slow grip of what we're doing with tariffs and um, on Russia. You know what I mean? I love it. And I love like the sanctions and stuff that we're putting on Saudi Arabia. It's a good first step. It's a good warning. I expect more from towards both. You know, and I would like to mention that, like Egypt and China, you guys, you need, we need to stop paying the government of Egypt to like murder people. Okay. Like, and we should stop supporting countries like that are killing and oppressing other countries. We shouldn't be giving aid to that. We should be having diplomats in there. And, you know, then that's really the weird part about this is it's like the aid that we give <clears throat> is so crazy like for example um some of the aid we give to pakistan i believe is supposed to be like for operating girls schools <laughs> i don't know that i necessarily believe that that's happening right if you want to give more money to pakistan give less to israel right doesn't that balance out yeah or you know actually be smart about how you know give your money to organizations that are actually in you know those areas working and doing those things yeah rather than to giving those giving those funds to governments who are going to tell you oh yeah no we totally invested that in girls schools meanwhile their military mm -hmm. is getting bigger yes <clears throat> exactly. I, I i i i don't inherently trust really any government and that's the thing even our own government has been proven to do things that are really shady as we oh, saw agree. with with prism you know why spy on a why spy on a certain group of people when we can spy on everybody <laughs> hey i don't i don't care oh it's as evil. i've told people it's like look i i say the stuff that i do in my private messages because if they're going to spy on me and then take me to court i want somebody to read the crazy shit that i yeah. say on yeah. the record me too in fact i did that with uh and a tweet with adam i was like Yep, so we're going to start a bunch of podcasts, and we're going to become the voice of the people, and they're not even going to know we were coming, and then we're going to build up an audience, and then we're going to kill them all. And he was like, did you just post, did you just put that on in a, you know, text? And I was like, yeah, because if the government comes after my text, I want them to read this stuff. You know? <laughs> it's so funny, because, you know, like, I was, I was reading, oh, this was actually a really funny event, and I forget when it happened, but somebody apparently was being you know listened in on and and they had sent a message saying that they were gonna it was like blow up a taco bell or mm -hmm. or a burger king or something like that because they you know they had just eaten they were eating there and their stomach was rumbling uh, and what wow. they meant was they had to take a gnarly shit and they end up getting like you know some fucking police force sent on them <laughs> because they're like i'm gonna blow up a taco bell and meanwhile it's you know when i say i'm gonna blow up a taco bell it's because i have a, a, some severe intestinal distress yeah 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 no i get that but 
I don't, there is no, there's no, there's no, what is it, privacy? There's no freedom. There's no privacy. Everybody knows everything. And if they don't, it's because it never left your head. And maybe that's the way it should be. Maybe everything that's public should be public. You know what I mean? Well, and, you know, the the whole discussion about what is, what is a reasonable, uh, reasonable privacy law is, is so out in the open because it all depends on what you want to be private and what you don't. Yeah. Everybody has their 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 uh, machinations of what privacy should be. You know, some people think it's, you know, I should be able to talk to people and not have to worry about what the government is reading, you know, that the government's reading anything. There's a group of people that say, I want privacy for myself and for my family, but we need to make sure that those gay people aren't doing things in their own bedroom that I'm like, wait, 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 wait. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You know, or it's... Yeah. No. The I idea, guess. the idea that privacy is a universal standard right now at this point is, you know, just a, it's it's purely political. Privacy is what you want it to be on your side of the spectrum. What you were tricked into giving away too. You're never going to get that data back from uh, Facebook. You know what I mean? You, you, the world knows who you are. I just think, I mean, and it's me because I'm a very vanilla sort of person. If they want to put a little tracker in me and it'll let them know when I'm dead, if it, you know, or what my insulin levels are, and that's what led me to this whole epiphany. Like, if they wanted to put something on me that could just send me a medication when my blood pressure was consistently too high, but then I was like, no, I'd rather a private corporation did that. You know what I mean? Like that to me would make more sense. So that's where I was on on that. You know. And the idea you know that's like for example neural link where you're supposed mm -hmm. to, you know potentially going to be able to interface with computers at the brain level like you know as someone who struggles to see out of their left eye but has perfect vision in their right eye i would love to know what my world looks like with two eyes yes me too i think it would be fantastic i, I know that you know you have felt that way or you know for people who have you know Heart or hard of hearing or have lost their hearing being right. able to interface like that imagine being able to pick up sound from you know pick up sound from you know your phone or your your microphone and be able to have that transmitted into your head or you know for people who are unable to speak have the ability to take you know your thoughts and be able to transmit them out a speaker that you wear i mean yeah. the the reality is, is is that we're getting closer which of course then begs the question of are people ever going to be able to see what happens in my mind because there's some weird dreams that i would love some for some people to see and there's some real messed up ones that are going to make people wonder if i'm you know completely bonkers that's just it it's like I'm so vanilla that it wouldn't even phase me if somebody knew what was in my head, you know what I mean? And so I don't see it from the point of view of wanting to, needing to protect myself. I'm pretty open that way. I have three podcasts and we talk about two hours <laughs> an episode, so it's not right. like I'm a private person, but I guess people are, I guess. And I, I wouldn't want people in my head now that I'm thinking about it, you know. There's, you know, I think that there is a reasonable expectation that we should have that, you know, what transpires in our own home that isn't harmful to somebody else, mm -hmm. it shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be of concern to anyone, it corporations, individuals, government. 
we had we had that conversation on Denton County Collective, and Ryan was saying that like a cake baker has every right to refuse a gay couple service, and I was like, no, just because somebody does something different in a bedroom shouldn't determine how they're treated outside of that bedroom. And he was like, no, the marriage aspect is the issue, and I was like, well, yeah, I get that if you don't approve of the marriage, but you never disapprove of the couple because it's just somebody being happy, and please, we need to stop that. We need to stop judging people based on our morals when when everybody has their own set of morals, you know? I think, and, and as I've talked about, limiting who you do business with uh, because of certain mm-hmm. things is, I, I uh, uh, this day and age is a dangerous thing. Yeah. Because, for example, you know, if, if someone doesn't want to bake a cake for a gay couple, great. He has every right to do that. Right. But that gay couple also has every right to post, this person will not bake cakes for gay people. And yep. they are going to lose the business of any gay person that right. they weren't going to participate in anyways. But they're going to lose the business of the straight people who are like, you know, I was considering getting my cake from you, but now I'm not. Right. Maybe they'll gain some business from the people who are like, yeah, no, we're going to... But the the this weird intersection lately of personal politics and company mm-hmm. is is harmful to businesses. Like like for example, you know you know when the Berea pasta thing happened, where you know I think it was I think it was Berea where they were they were you know they their uh, their owner was like yeah no you know we don't need gay couples eating our pasta wow. you know and it, it blew up on twitter this was like 2013 2014 so a bunch of people you know started asking around hey you know i'm gay and i need a pasta who am i going to turn to yeah. and so people you know ended up like on twitter with ronzoni i think it was and ronzoni's like look we just make pasta eat it or don't <laughs> that's perfect great and and since then berea has actually transformed their company a lot to be you know much more open and friendly to the lgbt okay but there's hobby lobby there's chick-fil-a there's these companies that make the stands and yeah the the free market determines it that's where we were getting into um Mm -hmm. was cancel culture and how they're kind of using what's happening (sighs) in capitalism to fight the equality act through blaming democrats for cancel culture that what is really just i think it's just the churning of nature you're whitewashing certain things and creating other things and that is the story of america constantly reinventing itself so i don't think it's cancel culture i think it's capitalism cancel culture is does not equate to uh what's the word i'm looking for consequences cancel culture and consequences are two very different things yes okay you and that's and 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 i think republicans have forgotten what that means you know what 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 is cancel culture versus what are consequences cancel culture is one time i said to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security support you yes we can and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth but from the enduring power of our ideals democracy liberty opportunity and unyielding hope let me tell you something you already know the world ain't all sunshine
Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.